This episode of the Kutu Muay Thai Podcast is brought to you by PMTLifestyle.com, authentic Muay Thai lifestyle by Kutu. Definitely go check out the website at PMTLifestyle.com for some awesome lifestyle merchandise. That's for those of you out there either involved in Muay Thai, looking at getting involved in Muay Thai, and embrace a healthier lifestyle to live the life of Nak Muay. Go check it out. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Pu'u Muay Thai Podcast. Today is Wednesday, November 29th, 2023. Um, it's been a great week. We had Thanksgiving. I hope anybody that's listening to this, whether in the future or currently on Friday when this drops, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I'm grateful for you coming out here and listening. Shout out to all of our loyal followers over on TikTok, as well as the Muay Thai Community Discord server, all the followers over on Instagram, everybody that's on our newsletter email list, and of course, all of the Pu'u Muay Thai students at Pu'u Muay Thai Ventura, Pu'u Muay Thai Santa Barbara, everybody that's involved in this. Thank you so much. We're very grateful for all of you. This None of this would be possible without any of you as well. All right. So um, kind of just a recap what, what happened from the last episode. We had Stamp Fairtex, the Stamp Fairtex that was on. And I want to give a shout out to Yatin over on TikTok. Thank you for the love. I really appreciate it. I see you over there uh, dropping the follows and likes. I, I'm doing great, Yatin. Do I know you? I'm curious. Let me know. You can go ahead and drop some more comments, man. I'm happy to talk to you. Um, just making that text a little bit bigger. Uh, if you follow us over on YouTube and you're watching this later, make sure to smash that subscribe button. You heard it first. Like I said, we had Stamp Fair text at Pu'u Muay Thai in Ventura. We had John Wayne Parr that was here this year. We've had Nathan Corbett. Uh, we've had uh, Angela Chang that's been there, Johnson on Fairtex, Ganyao Fairtex. We're literally bringing the best into Ventura County. All right. No, bro, I'm from SA, Muay Thai practitioner here, uh, South America, right? Awesome, man. So uh, thank you for coming in. I'm assuming uh, South America. Dude, you had some awesome guests. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, we're really trying to make sure that we bring the highest quality of Muay Thai to Ventura County, South Africa. Ooh, South Africa, man. Nice. Well, thank you for tuning in all the way from South Africa. If you are from South Africa, we also have some listeners from Australia, over Europe. Uh, but Yatin, I think you're the first one from South Africa that has tuned in here on the podcast. So shout out to you. All right. I also want to give a special shout out to everybody over on the Muay Thai Community Discord server for all the love and support you've given us. Uh, we have over 600 active followers over on the Muay Thai Community Discord server. Uh, if you are on TikTok, you just click that link right there. You click on our profile. It's just it'll link you right to the Muay Thai Discord server. If you're looking uh, for it again uh, and you're looking later on, you can go to Muay Thai Discord.com and now go directly to the Discord server. I have Jay over on TikTok. He's asking, what's the front kick called again? Man, you know this one. It's called a teep, baby. All right. Eat, sleep, teep every day, right? So um, we had Stamp Fairtex at the Academy in Ventura. Uh, great, great turnout. It's completely sold out. And with that, too, we had a great turnout. I also got to see my friend Matt Lucas, where if you've been listening to the show for a while, Matt has also been on the podcast as well. 
uh, recurring character, I guess you could call him, is what I said. Uh, so it was great to be able to catch up with um, Matt Lucas. So he's, he's one of the tour managers to help uh, Stamp get around the U.S. He was arranging everything for her as well. Um, you know, he's, he's put a lot of, of uh, sweat equity into Muay Thai as well. So it was really good to be able to catch up with him. Uh, for those that don't know who Matt is, go check out Muay Thai Graham on Instagram and on YouTube. Uh, he's published a book. I've talked about it here multiple times. Go back, scroll back in the Pu'u Muay Thai archives. You can see here on YouTube or on our, all of our podcast platforms on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everything. We have him on there. All right, go check it out. He has, some, he has great content as well. Uh, he's done features for us with Fairtex uh, and with Muay Thai Graham. So always appreciate you, Maddie. All right, uh, but with this seminar, it was something that really pushed a lot with the community. Uh, for the first time ever, the city of Ventura recognized us as bringing in tourists into the city of Ventura. Something we've been doing for a long time, been working a lot and tirelessly. For those that know me personally, I show up to like the city council meetings, been doing that since 2020, and finally got some city people to come out and come support our event. I want to give a shout out here on the podcast to the current city manager, Bill Ayub, and city council member, Mike Johnson for coming out to come welcome Stamp Fairtex and Matt Lucas to Ventura and for helping bring in tourism from around the country to our small town for Muay Thai. We didn't have Muay Thai like this in Ventura before. So uh, just very grateful to be able to have the opportunity and to have the support of my hometown. Right, I grew up in Ventura when it was right across the street from where I went to high school and everything too. All right. Um, we had students from Santa Barbara, Pu'u Muay Thai Santa Barbara that came in as well. It was awesome to see everybody get in there and mix it up. People drove out from Bakersfield, Las Vegas. We had some people who were in town from like New York that were at the seminar and from Australia. So just really stoked to have such an eclectic mix of people uh, in and for the city to see that. Also, shout out to Visit Ventura. That is the Ventura Visitor Center. They also featured the event on their website. First time ever had a Muay Thai event that was featured on the Visit Ventura page. Uh, it's like one of the most actively visited pages for the city of Ventura, uh, according to them. So it's super, super stoked to be a part of that. And uh, it's just nice to be able to be recognized after years of trying to get on these things. Literally, have been spending the past like three, four years trying to get some attention on this stuff. And finally, they're starting to see the relevancy and it took me being there at city council to like talk to them about what we're doing and everything too. All right. Um, I have uh, some questions that come in over on TikTok. What's the best way to condition your shins? I've actually made a whole video about shin conditioning and stuff like that as well. And I'll say it here again. The best way to condition your shins is strictly from kicking the pads, kicking the bags, and sparring. That is the best way you can condition your shins for Muay Thai. All right, that's the way to do it. That's the proper way to do it. If you see people banging bottles, sticks, don't do any of that stuff. Go spend time in the art conditioning your legs by kicking stuff, okay? The things that you're supposed to kick that you're not going to get injured, so that way you can do it day in and day out. Yeah, no no wood or, or bat knocks. No, don't do that, okay? Um, you'll see Japanese martial arts, they have these kinds of things that are on there too. Um, but... For Thai method, it is kicking bads, 
bags, kicking pads, and sparring. And of course, fighting conditions your shins too. Um, but going back onto the seminar and everything too, uh, just seeing like all the students be able to come out and just enjoy. We had like, you know, we just started our women's only class. So you couldn't really time that much better by having Stamp Fairtex out too. So, um, just very grateful for that as well. Uh, I have a picture of Stamp Fairtex up at the Ventura Academy. It's a signed print from when she won her first world title. Uh, a lot of people will look at it and they don't quite understand what it is. So if you visit Pu'u Muay Thai in Ventura, Pu'u Muay Thai Santa Barbara has one too. I bought one. Um, I bought two right, of these limited edition prints. So we have two of them listed up. We have, they're, like I said, they're I'm a nerd when it comes to this kind of stuff. So uh, I have stamps, limited edition photos up there signed by her. There's only 10 of them. Chatri Sityotong, the CEO of one, has one of them as well. He has one of 10. I have two of 10. All right. And there's a couple other people out there that have them. I don't know everybody, but that was a project that was done by my friend Matt Lucas to be able to support them. So really great thing. And it's something that I, I just see it as like an investment in the sport. And it's a good investment for kids, uh, you know, teenagers to see a strong, positive role model for Muay Thai and in martial arts that is not only a badass, also a strong woman. So this picture it has a stamp standing in front of champions that you see. Uh, she's the first female champion out of the Fairtex camp. If you listen to the previous episode in the Q and A, um, you know Fairtex made an announcement like, "Hey, we're going to be recruiting female fighters." And Stamp put her name in the hat and said, "Hey, you pay for my school, I'll come do this." All right. So uh, really cool to see that kind of all come to fruition. Have this picture of her when they just started allowing women to fight at Lumpini Stadium and at Roger Dunnone Stadium for the first time ever. And then she won this world title. It was really like a moment in history in Thailand, in Muay Thai, where things really changed. So uh, it's definitely like a period piece, not to mention three-sport world champion, right? What's up, Joseph, over on TikTok? Thanks for dropping by and saying hi. You got any questions, drop them down in the comments. And if you were watching this on YouTube later... Drop any questions down in the comments. You can, of course, always submit them. Or if you want to just give a shout-out to the Pu'u Muay Thai podcast, to somebody on the Pu'u Muay Thai podcast, and immortalize that shout-out here on the podcast, just go to podcast.pu'umuaythai.com, and all you're going to do is click on Submit Shout-out or Submit Question. Okay, just click it. It's right at the top. Super easy. Uh, if you want to remain anonymous, too, you can say you want to be remain. You want to remain anonymous. Yeah, got all t- tongue tied there, right? So, uh, overall, just great seminar. And like I said, it was great to see my friend and great to you know it's kind of a trip seeing Stamp in Ventura. Uh, been following her since like when she was in Buffalo Girls. I think it was that 2011, 2012 or so ish, somewhere around there, early 2010s. So to see that person kind of turn to what they have is kind of a trip. And then to have the city officials come out and come meet this person, I think is like something that is like a, it's a moment in history for the city of Ventura. Uh, and just grateful to be able to help make that happen um, for our town. All right. So uh, kind of going through, I saw something, it dropped on my feed today and I wanted to talk about it. Um, it's talking about one championship. All right, I saw it from bloodyelbow.com. And I'm going to read it right here for you guys, okay? So right here, bloodyelbow.com. 
One championship's financial runway expected to expire in 2024. More staff laid off, according to a report. Uh, Qatari investors, so investors from Qatar, are reportedly embarrassed of their involvement with one championship who might just need more funding soon. Hmm. Who would have thought, right? So I, I'm just going to kind of read through this because I, I think it's important to talk about. And I want to see if it's just clickbait, right? So apart from their controversial contracts, business practices, one championship has also shown to have some very alarming finances in the last few years. Of course, they've been rapidly expanding. We just got to have a freaking global shutdown, right? And they were starting shows and they were doing them over there with the whole bubble system during uh, shutdowns where they were testing people, secluding them for two weeks before the fights. They were doing that stuff. They were putting shows on too. Despite one's executives routinely making bold claims stating otherwise, Bloody Elbow has gone over the promotion's financial filings through the years, showing losses growing at an astronomical rate. One's documents show that they lost $111 million in one year alone, with accumulated losses of $383 million as of 2021. 2021, again, we're going into a pandemic, right? That's pandemic time. You know, COVID-19 shutdowns. That's what that is. Um, and I, I'm curious cause they have the finances listed here and I, I'm going to look through them here in a second. Once I read this article, there are financial issues seemingly continue in the last two years with the Singapore based fight promotions runway reportedly expected to expire in 2024. So they're saying that they're expecting them to run out of money next year, according to bloodyelbow.com. We'll see about that. Right. So one championship has more layoffs and could run out of money soon. According to a report from Christy Neo of reputable business site Deal Street Asia, one's runway is expected to expire by quarter three of next year. So those that don't know business, that is uh, quarter one, quarter twos, uh, so January, February, March, April, May, June. So in July, August, September of next year, they're predicting they're going to run out of money and the promotion is under pressure to secure additional funding. So... One announced massive staff cuts in 2020. Duh. All right. And they've probably done two more rounds of layoffs this year from March to April and again in July. Their sources know that 12 to 15 people were laid off on each of the rounds or about 10% of their staff. So I got to say something on this. They are a rapidly growing company. Of course, you know, like it, it depends on what their hiring thing is, right? If they're on the hire fast, fire slow, or hire fast, fire fast, hire slow, fire fast, there's all these different ways you can cut it, right? Um, who's to say that those layoffs weren't people who came on during COVID that are not no longer necessary? Maybe they don't need them anymore, right? Maybe they're able to outsource some of that stuff to subcontractors to be able to make more money. All right, that's kind of what this comes into. Let me know what you guys think down in the comments about this too, because I think it's a very key topic with one championship. And if you're on TikTok, Muay Thai Community Discord, you can always shoot me a message. Let me know what your thoughts are on this. All right. So one championship only generated five to eight million revenue in 2022 with the question mark. It says, apart from the hundreds of millions in losses, another thing that stood out in one championship's financial documents was the way they reported the revenue and profit. Hmm. In their past filings to the Singapore government, one championship has used barter transactions, that's in quotes, by the way, or non-cash deals, which inflated and accounted for a majority of the revenue they've reported. Hmm. So, as they previously described, these involve, quote, marketing efforts such as promotional plugs provided by broadcast partner in exchange for the right to broadcast the events, maybe Amazon, for example, right? Or there's a bunch of other TV stations that are over on... Um, 
that one broadcast over in Asia as well. So maybe that has something to do with it. Since Bloody Elbow and other news outlets have started reporting on one's finances in 2018, these barter transactions have since been folded into broadcasting and sponsorship, making it hard to figure out which, how much of the reported revenue are cash or non-cash transactions. So I'm curious here. Are they saying that like by them getting sponsorship, they're not financially healthy? Because that's kind of like the backbone of a promotion. No? Uh, sponsorships. In 2021, one declared almost $68 million in revenue. One CEO, Chatri Seyatong Dao, claims that figure only increased greatly 2022 and 2023, which would make sense based upon what we're seeing, right, guys? So according to the Deal Street Asia source, one's true cash revenue in uh, fiscal year 2022 is likely to be just a 5 to $8 million. But the company is again expected to attempt to report a higher revenue figure to retain or raise its supposed billion-dollar valuation. Hmm. One also declared $341 million profit in 2020. This was a result of an internal sale with one selling their intellectual property rights to their own one subsidiary for $400 million. Of course, they're going to sell it for cheaper than it is, right? With, <laughs> without that curious transaction being counted, we have lost uh, a loss of... $559 million for the year. So this comes into like some maybe some tax strategies that they're doing too. I don't know about the tax structure in Singapore, but one might think that, right? Kandar investors reportedly embarrassed about their involvement with one. Hmm. I'm curious about this. Despite years of mounting losses, one has impressively found ways to still convince people to invest in their company, selling how they supposedly having surging revenues, billions of viewers, and imminent profitability. What do you guys think? So with all that money, uh, here we go. They've raised over $500 million to date, including $150 million in one's last round of investment in 2021, led by Qatar Investment Authority and Guggenheim Investments. Oh, bloody elbow. You're just reloading on me. All right, there we go. I'm going to make sure I go back into that segment and everything too. But this is all bringing up a lot of like, you know, I think points that can be struck down or there's probably some reasoning to, right? I haven't read through the financial documents yet, but I'm also wondering how much, because here's the thing. I've talked about sanctioning bodies and organizations here on the podcast before, guys, and how one was kind of blacklisted from being in the U.S. due to the Fertitta brothers and them wanting to keep that chokehold on MMA here in the U.S. for the American market, right? So do you think this is maybe like a thing to make people lose confidence in one? I don't know, All right? Not accusing anybody of anything, just things to consider when it comes into the market, right? With all that money said to be running out, one has made another fundraising pitch to the QIA in recent weeks. It remains to be seen if they reinvest. But the report's notes how the Qataris have been increasingly embarrassed about their involvement with one, which has been under the spotlight for his weak financials, among other things. One's planned event in Qatar has been delayed to 2024, according to the report. At least two local partners in QIA have bought in Qatar Airways and Orido, I think I pronounced that correctly, have decided to stop financially supporting the promotion. 
One declined to address or debunk any of the issues raised on the report, but just decided to announce on social media that the delayed Qatar event will happen on March 2024. Talking about delayed events, I'm still waiting for that dream event, right? They were trying to do the uh, heavyweight tournament, the open weight tournament, right? That they announced, but that hasn't happened yet either. So let's, let's consider that too. I've talked about that on here. One championship claims profitability within a year uh, again. When previously asked for comment about Bloody Elbow and other outlets reporting on financial documents that he himself signed and declared, Chattery claimed fake news <laughs> on having record high losses. Again, losses in a business are not bad uh, if you have a certain tax strategy, right? Maybe they're sequestering funds towards different things and to be able to offset that financial liability, that way they can leverage to a higher profitability in coming years. I don't know. I'm not their tax person, not their CPA, right? I'm not even a CPA myself, I'm not a tax person, nothing like that. What you see is there's a downward rate in our burn rate, CEO Tong said, about losing over $100 million in 2021, talking to CNBC soon after the new report from Deal Street Asia was published. What you'll see is revenue, actually. This year will cross north of a little over $100 million in revenue. And next year, approaching $200 million, if not a little bit more than $200 million. That would be our biggest incremental jump in revenues, I think, in the history of the company. I want you to notice that they're quoting him. He's not saying profit. Okay, revenue. That can be gross income. Like you repeated on each of the past several years, CEO Tong again promised imminent profitability within the next year. More importantly, we anticipate core business profitability by the second half of next year, CEO Tong claimed. He repeated these and made more bold claims on social media. All right? Saying one has hit escape velocity in terms of business fundamentals. And broke even more records. It's on track to hit profitability next year. One has been incredibly skilled at raising money and convincing investors about a bright future. And it'll be interesting to see if they can keep doing so moving forward. I honestly think they will. So, just saying. Uh, apart from their concerning finances, one champ, according to this reporter's concerning finances and whoever else looked at him, right? One championship has been found to have had what could be the most restrictive contracts in sport. While their former employees complained about these in the past, one's deals have shown to have terms designed to prevent any criticism, along with several strange clauses that extend even if the athletes leave the promotion or die. Okay. And I see some questions popping up there in TikTok, and I will definitely answer those once I'm done with this. I'm at the end of this article. So... That's actually the end of the article here. Um, kind of want to go into the finances here a bit. You know, I'm going to have to look at this. I want to see what they're reporting on here because, uh, and I'll, I'll link this down in the show notes on our YouTube. Uh, later, if you're watching this on YouTube, the link will be down in the show notes for the Bloody Elbow link and also on the show notes for the podcast too. All right. So um, I think it's definitely one of those things that people might not understand the full picture of the business. Chatry is not stupid when it comes to business. He's a very smart, long-term thinking person. So if people are looking at the short-term profits, who knows how much money's actually been invested into laying the groundwork? Who cares what the everybody's gonna talk about contracts and stuff like that too? I've seen some uproar in the Muay Thai community about using the small gloves and fighters getting hand injuries. It seems like they're trying to approach this stuff and they can't really talk about it according to what Bloody Elbow's saying with the contracts, right? So I do hope they take care of these fighters over the long term. All right. So 
Uh, Thought Exterminator. I love the name, by the way, on TikTok. says, Idea MMA. When I'm going against someone with a Muay Thai kickboxing background, how should I fight? Thought Exterminator. That's a question for your coach, first and foremost. Second, are you more of a stand-up person or are you more of a ground person? You should fight your fight, right? Um, For example, I had a friend who is an excellent wrestler, and he was fighting against a Muay Thai specialist. Of course, he practices Muay Thai, but he also made sure to double down his wrestling too, right? So um, to think about it is if that person has adapted to MMA, then – and if you're wondering what that adaptation looks like, you can go check out our video uh, podcast I did with Coach Ryan from Putin Muay Thai Santa Barbara, head instructor over at Putin Muay Thai Santa Barbara and owner of Putin Muay Thai Santa Barbara. You can go check that out. Uh, he's coached MMA athletes. I've coached MMA athletes, but we go in depth into people who adapt successfully and not so successfully. All right. So it really depends on the opponent and what their tactic is. And if it is truly like authentic Muay Thai and they haven't adapted, they're going to be more upright. All right. So if you are in, in MMA, I want you to think about case in point, Rod Tang versus Demetrius Johnson and that super fight that one put on. All right. Again, guys, investments that one's putting into the sport for fans. All right, these are all things that people don't quite understand. Like when you buy a contract, who knows? Maybe they're paying up these contracts no matter if they're fighting or not. So there's a lot of things that they don't have this Nike sponsorship or Venom sponsorship, uh, Adidas or whatever it is that uh, UFC has now, right? They're allowing fighters to continue having their own personal sponsors on the banners, shorts, shirts, all that stuff. All right, they haven't gone with that exclusivity contracts yet. But um, I hope that answers your question. And if you're listening to this too, again, if you enjoyed this podcast, remember to smash the follow button, uh, subscribe, all that good stuff. Shoot us a comment. Um, you guys' support means the world to me. And I will see you next week. So what do you cop? All right, that's going to be it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in today to the Pu'u Muay Thai Podcast. If you enjoy the content, go leave a review over on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Give us a rating. It means the world to us. Also, if you want to be a guest on the Pu'u Muay Thai Podcast, or if you just want to shout out to your friend, go check us out at podcast.pu'umuaythai.com. You can submit to be able to be a guest on the podcast. You can submit what you want to talk about. Also, if you want to just give a shout out, there's a button for that too. So what do you cop?